Hi, and welcome back to another episode of City High Radio's podcast. City High Radio is a youth radio group based in Tucson, Arizona. We write, record, and produce all of our own stories. Last month, we shared our exciting news with you about producer Samantha Zasueta winning the New York Times Student Podcast Contest. That story, called My Incarcerated Family, was five minutes long. This month, we're going to play the full-length 12-minute version of Sam's story for you. It's a more in-depth look at both her family and the criminal justice system. Here's Samantha. I love the sound of my cousins laughing. (laughs) They're so sweet and innocent. We eat that. It's a microphone. A microphone? I love them so much, but I worry about them ending up in jail, which is kind of a horrible thing to say. But in my family, a lot of people get arrested and go to jail and sometimes it's prison. How many people in our family do you think we have have been in prison or in jail or have been arrested? Probably quite a bit, I guess. I don't know. 10, 11 of them. I don't know. My mom doesn't like to talk about it, and I had no idea until recently that so many people in my family had been incarcerated. But the more I dug, the more it seemed like just everywhere. Everyone has been touched by the criminal justice system. When I was little, I thought jails were bad people, and I thought it taught them to be good. But the more I learned about my family, the more complicated it seemed. My family is big, loud, and funny. We take care of each other, and we share everything. We're not bad people, so why was this happening? I asked my mom. Like, why do people go to prison and jail, like in our family? Because of poor choices, Sam. But why were we making bad choices? Like my Theo Ray. He's a chef at Le Monde Taco, and he's doing really well, but it wasn't always like that. The first time I went to jail was 15. I was in there for about a month, and then I got out, and then I was on probation. My Theo was in a gang, and a lot of his friends were killed. He started doing drugs and then got in more trouble. He became a dad, and he tried to turn things around. And I, had st- I started working at the post office. I was cleaning myself up. But the police found his fingerprints on a stolen car, and he went to prison for three months. I came out as a single father. I had my six-month-old, I had my two-year-old, and then I had my four-year-old. And I was working, taking care of them, doing everything I can. But he violated his parole, and he had to go back to prison. Growing up, my Theo just seemed like a huge goofball. He didn't seem like a bad guy. I wasn't a saint, and I wasn't an angel. I was, I was a rambunctious young man who was who followed the crowd. At school, I did a research project on incarceration. I ended up meeting people who work in criminal justice, like Terrence Chung. I'm the director of justice reform initiatives for Pima County's criminal justice reform unit. I wanted to know what he thought. There's a percentage of people who do crimes that are violent who should be, in, should be incarcerated, I think. But a majority of the people um, make bad choices. He said the same thing my mom said, that it was a choice. But why do people make bad decisions? My name is Joel Feynman, and I am the chief public defender of Pima County. I wonder why he thought people made choices that landed them in the system. Drugs play a huge role if you have a substance abuse problem. Mental illness, uh, poverty, you know, lack of opportunity, lack of education. Um, how, do you, how do you know that? Is, it, is that just your opinion? No. I mean, are the jails full of rich people or poor people? Poor people. Are the jails full of college graduates or people who didn't get a high school degree? There you go. That's the evidence. 
Uh, what about what about trauma? Um, could that also be a factor in people making some choices? Yes. So, so the adverse experience childhood questionnaire, which I will print out a copy for you and you can take it, asks you a bunch of questions and you get a rating. And based on those questions, you can determine how likely it is that a child is going to grow up to be system-involved. You know, we think of PTSD as only applicable to soldiers in combat, but it's not. I mean, people have PTSD because they were physically abused, because they grew up in a crappy neighborhood where there was gang violence and drugs, uh, and those things linger and they have lasting effects. And one of the main effects of that kind of childhood trauma is it makes it more likely that children who experience that trauma will be system-involved when they grow up. After he gave me the form, I filled it out, and I got a high score, and I thought about my family, and I knew that they would get higher ones. It was heartbreaking, thinking about all the factors he had named, poverty, neighborhoods, education, trauma, and when I thought about my family, it was like, check, check, check. My mom and my Theo Ray grew up in the same neighborhood that I live in now. Balio Hollywood, was it always a good neighborhood? No, it's still not. You, you know how easy it is? Like, if I wanted to get on drugs, I could just go on the other side of the money schools and find somebody that'll sell it to me. My neighborhood's getting better, but when my mom and Ray were young, there were gangs everywhere. Why did you join a gang? Because my brother joined the gang. He was 12, and I thought I had to join to protect him. Instead, I joined and it destroyed me. Another factor that I kept thinking about was education. How do you think our family is with education? Sharon graduated from the U, from ASU, and you're the only other one that, uh, oh, that's going to go to college. Out of the entire family? Mm-hmm. The rest of us dropped out or barely finished high school. Before I started this project, I didn't realize how much my family had struggled. I don't know why. I guess it seemed normal. But I guess it should surprise me that with all the factors they dealt with, a lot of them became system-involved. Do you think the system has helped the people in our family? No. The system does not help. You go to jail and they just throw you back out with nothing. I wondered if my theory thought prison had helped him. What I learned in prison was to be a better criminal. At the Criminal Justice Reform Unit, I met Manny Mejios, and Zach Stout, who were both formerly incarcerated. I asked them if prison had helped them. This is Manny. Let me say first and foremost that prison is in no way corrective. Uh, they call it the Department of Corrections, but it, it does nothing to correct um, somebody who's been sentenced to live there. Uh, it's simply a warehouse. So any correction has to come from yourself. This is Zach. No, um, you know, we're sending a lot of people there who have substance abuse. And in that sense, it's not really useful because you then become surrounded by drugs and that was your problem, and now you're around it 24-7. Listening to them talk about prison surprised me, like about drugs being in prison. I asked my mom if she had heard about that. It's easy to get drugs inside of prisons, too. What do you, what do you mean by that? Like, how do you know that? Sam, I mean, I don't know how I know that. It seemed crazy to me that we put a bunch of people who had drug issues in an environment with drugs. And what about trauma? Um, do you think people experience trauma in prison? Oh, of course. Sexual assault is a horrific, horrific problem. 
assaults, murders. Prison, especially prison, is a very, very dangerous place. There's a tremendous amount of violence, and people experience a tremendous amount of trauma in prison, absolutely. I wondered if there are good things in prison, like education or drug treatment, that could help people make better choices after they were released. But Manny told me that there wasn't much there. Any type of self-help class that's offered in prison, it has to be offered through a volunteer because the prison can't afford to pay for it for himself. I don't know about you, but there's not really a lot of people that are willing to go to a prison to teach a class. Here's Zach. Essentially, we kind of just throw people away in a box and just tell them to get better. There's not enough programming um, when you're incarcerated. So it's not the greatest place to change. So prison is making things worse for most people, not better. But what really seemed wrong to me was how they were treated after they got out. It seems like after they get out, we make it even harder for them to make a good choice. Here's Joel again. If you're convicted of a felony in Arizona, you automatically lose all of your civil rights, including your right to vote. Sometimes prison and jail is the least serious punishment people face for these felony convictions. Uh, and there's stigma. People look at you differently because you're a felon. You're not going to be able to, like I said, get the same sorts of jobs and bank loans and, and school loans because of that. My Theo struggled too when he was released. It was so hard to find a job when I came out of prison. It was so hard to find good work. Do you know what I mean? It was like you put that check in an application and says, have you ever been convicted of felony? I don't understand. Why are we doing this? Why are we making it easier for people to make good choices? Because prison is about punishment. Uh, we have a lock them up and throw away the key attitude and people think, well, if you didn't uh, do the crime, then you wouldn't be there in the first place. Uh, we as a society have decided that we don't need to spend extra money to give them decent food or decent housing or safety. And so when you spend, you know, a dollar a day on somebody, prisons are what happens. I learned that in the United States, we have the highest incarceration rate in the world. And more than 75% of people who are released end up back in prison within five years. When I first learned that, I was shocked. But it kind of makes sense now. We don't make it easy for people to make good choices. But in the end, I guess my mom is still right. I don't know what breaks the cycle. you got to do it yourself. you got to want change. you got to not want to be in the rut. You know, when you're a kid and you've had a, you know, you've seen your parents struggle. you got to just want different. Each individual can choose. It might be a harder choice, but it's still a choice. And we also choose as members of society how we're going to treat people who don't make the right choices. Each of us as individuals is a lot more responsible for the horror that is criminal justice in this country because we tend to think of, oh, it's the system. The system is responsible. No, no, no. We're, as individuals, we're personally responsible for, for a lot of these horrific things because they're all done in our name. We're the responsible ones. Matthew Ray eventually made good choices, and one of his kids is about to graduate from trade school. He's going to graduate, and he doesn't have kids. A 21-year-old with no kids about to graduate college in our family? Doesn't happen. So do you think he's breaking the cycle? He has broken the cycle. And you're the next to break that cycle. I try so hard to be a good role model for my younger cousins. I want them to make good choices. I want them to have better lives. Frederick Douglass said that once you learn to read, you'll be forever free. 
and so I try to read to them whenever I can. It feels like the best thing I can do. She chased him around the garden, calling him, Stop, thief! Poor Peter ran into a gooseberry net. <gasps> he got caught! He got caught? Again. Again? Yeah. I want them to recognize that there is a place beyond their current situation. Peter ran as fast as he could, slipped underneath the gate, and he was safe at last. A place where they can always be free. That was My Incarcerated Family by Samantha Zasweta, and you've been listening to City High Radio. To see Samantha's story in the New York Times, just click on the link in the description for this week's episode. To hear more stories from City High Radio, just search for us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. If you want to learn more about our school, visit www.cityhighschool.org. I'm Geronimo, and see you next time.